Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are back because we are the MI guys here to help you with serving the individuals, the communities, and the organizations you're a part of with evidence-based communication skills, usually motivational interviewing. And we have today our great crew of uh, making up the MI guys, our director, Casey Jackson. Hello. And Tammy Calais. Hello. Tammy, if you would, uh, kind of kick us off with what we're going to be talking about for our podcast today. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about the whys and ways of sharing information in an, in an empowering way. A tongue twister. Okay. Yes. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know that uh, we had talked about this a little bit before. And I know there's some certain points I, I would like to go into, but I'm just wondering more generally, Casey, you're really strong at kind of grounding us in certain kind of ideas or frames first. So I'm just wondering kind of what comes to mind first for you. Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me whenever we're sharing information is, are we clear what stage of change the individual's in? Um, the, out of the gate, when we want to share information in a helpful way, it's helpful to who? We, we try to be helpful, uh, but we tend to lean into giving information or sharing even helpful information in earlier stages when people are in pre-contemplation or contemplation and it tends not to land or resonate as well. So the first thing I would launch with to ground us is are they in preparation and whose need is it to get access to the information? Is it because we think it's helpful information or is it that the person we're working with feels like it could be really helpful information just if they didn't know what they didn't know and wanted to know what they do want to know is there a way for us to bridge that gap in an ineffective and efficient way? So that's the first thing I think of whenever it comes to information sharing, no matter how helpful, is helpful to who? Um, is it to share the information? So that's how I would kick it off. Well, yeah, and, and what, what really is um, a nice litmus test for that usually that we talk about are those yeah buts. And the more you're getting kind of a yeah but literally or explicitly or kind of a yeah but energetically or body-wise, you probably aren't matching them where they're at, or at least what you're sharing isn't resonating to some degree. And so that's, that's a really, really important point to pick up is they're gonna teach you how well you're, you're matching where they're at and that you probably just shared that because it might be the perfect idea, but that doesn't mean it's a helpful idea for them at this time. Right. And that's, that's such an important point to it. So yeah, I, I think stage matching is critical. I'm, I'm curious then, what are your thoughts, um, particularly with your background, when you start to think about, well, what about when someone is completely unaware, but there's feedback, such as motivational enhancement therapy or things where, you know, um, you might share test results or things like that. Um, I'm just wondering your own kind of thought process or your own experience with how that plays into motivation interviewing when you might share some information that might be surprising to them or confusing. How, how do you start to weave that so you, maybe you always aren't sharing information from your need, but always, it doesn't always have to be preparation either. How do you kind of square that, that puzzle? Um, uh, the first thing I think of too is not every conversation has to be MI. So I think from a measurable perspective, when I think of fidelity-based motivational interviewing, MI is not the end-all be-all. And there's times with the work that all of us do or there's times we do need to share information, whether it's a phone call we received or test results or assessment information. And there's times we can structure uh, a conversation or set an agenda for the day 
that the person maybe didn't have any aware of. Uh, and, and what we can use is agenda setting tools or whatever to set that up. But there's ways to weave that in there really effectively and efficiently as well that may or may not be MI adherent. And they may not need to be MI adherent. I, you know, we know the eight stages of learning motivational learning from Moyers and, and Miller and the eight stages knowing when not to use it. So there's times you don't need to. And then there's structures within that, like when you're talking MET, that you can kind of set it up that way. My reset, regardless of what other people talk about, my reset button always is, is it helping the person's brain expand or evolve in a way that moves them closer to their goals? So yes, they can be in pre-contemplation about some information. And if I present it in a way that it helps them start to advance their outcomes that they're trying to work towards, at least you're in an MI zone for that as you're presenting it. And it's the same thing when we keep pushing for the method of communication. Every time you open your mouth, are you tracking how the individual you're talking to responds when you open your mouth? Um, it could be the most amazing information that could really help them advance their goals. But if they're shutting down or getting defensive because of it, then you decide, do I need to keep this path or am I trying to shift to an MI adherent path? And there's more than one right approach to that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I just wanted to go there, just to kind of start with, well, what if someone's especially in pre-contemplation, then we can get to all the ways when people are in preparation, that's a lot relatively simpler to do. We can talk about various things, and I'm, I have a list of things we can get through, but it, this is really the challenging time we're talking about is when someone's completely unaware, and we're not trying to convince that information may be helpful in a way that then they go, oh, wow, well, that will help me get where I want to go. Right. And, and what I would love to hear are some examples where maybe we either would use MI or wouldn't. And what comes to my mind for what you said is this idea that, you know, if it's motivational enhancement therapy, an example might be that you're kind of having these sorts of test results. So it's probably surprising to find that out when you were thinking your cholesterol or your drinking or whatever was completely fine. So I'm wondering what you make of that, right? That, that sort of adherent way of this is yours. I'm not here to push it on you, but I am curious your thought process of this. That seems to be kind of in a, am I adherent manner, but being careful that you're not trying to push that to get them to see your point. Uh, another am I adherent thing that I know you've demonstrated plenty in trainings and podcasts is saying things like, you know what, you're feeling like, gosh, I don't know if that's true, but on the other hand, you know there's other information out there that you'd be maybe interested in checking out. You know, you're, you're doing that double-sided reflection of this thing they haven't said that would open them to consider maybe some information. And right. so the, those are two examples. I'm just trying to kind of like think of what could be practical, what would it sound like, but what maybe some other examples you can think of, or you too, Tammy, or times where you wouldn't want to share information if any examples like that come to mind? Well, the thing that I would build off of when you're talking about the MET, the Motivational Enhancement Therapy approach, I think that does, it parallels so well with what we were talking about earlier with like agenda setting. I mean, the way you frame that with the cholesterol or the drinking or whatever, you're right, they may have been in pre-contemplation, just may not even be in the forefront of their brain um, in not even a pre-contemplated way. It just, that's just not what they're thinking about at the moment. Um, and when you bring it up, it's right there for them. Th those are great ways of setting agendas um, of just kind of, this is what we're going to talk about today. I'm just curious what your thoughts are as we got this information back. And I think when we go to the original concept of the question, 
is, you know, what are ways we can share information, you know, helpful information in a helpful way kind of perspective. These are the things you look at. And I think that's why I always keep, because we easily can obsess on MI all the time and we will continue to with this, but then there's times it's just MI may not be the most appropriate approach. There may be time you need to share, share difficult information or helpful information or whatever, and it may not be an MI ad, adherent approach. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with that. It depends again, what's your role and what are you trying to accomplish? I, I, what I think of when you're asking about different kind of scenarios or, or things we can think of, um, I always think of as like a supervisor or manager. And if somebody comes in and says, hey, I don't know how to do this. How, how do we want to proceed? And if I say, well, you just need to do this, which is giving information and they go, my gosh, that's exactly what I needed. Like now I can move forward with this project. That's what I needed. That's just not MI at here a moment. And that's a way to share information. It, you know, there's not ambivalence, there's not, they're just struggling. We can, and this is why generically speaking, my assumption is they're preparation ready for action anyway. Like they're just asking information, I'm gonna just share it. Um, so it's not like, did I get them from pre-contemplation to contemplation, use MI to get them from contemplation into preparation by strategically responding to the types of talk. It's just more like somebody asked me a question, they wanted the information, I shared it with them, they took it and run with it. Um, if I share the information, they go, I knew that's what you're gonna say. But it's like, oh, that's not what I, I thought they were really asking for information or they're getting defensive when they ask for it. Then that's a, then it's like, okay, maybe this is an MI based conversation if I'm trying to affect behavior change. Yeah. But then again, am I trying to affect behavior change or does the person want to change behavior? And I've, I've in recent years, I've noticed that even more too, that you can see there's ambivalence there but am I trying to help them change a behavior that maybe they want to change or they don't want to change? Well, then it's starting to shift away from motivational interviewing, even though we know MI so well and I can make it a person-centered approach, is it my goal to try to help them get to what I think could be a better outcome for them if they were aware of that? So it's just all those things we can overthink with information sharing, but then it just comes down to knowing it doesn't have to be an MI moment. It can be very appropriate to share it and not even think MI, but these are the ways we're talking about that start to align more with an MI approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in terms of, um, Tammy, if you have anything, feel free to jump in. Um, but what, where that takes my brain is just to a simple approach of like, like you said, of when not to use MI of if they slam the door on the way out in that example, you know, oh, there's maybe something to address with them. Or if they go, or I knew that's what you'd say, and then, you have a moment in time to make that decision. Like we use that right. Frankel quote of, um, you know, just that time to go, what do I do here? And maybe you then decide to go, hey, would you be open to a conversation now or later? And then you use your full on MI or right. you just let it be. And then some other time you might try some MI for a behavior change based off who they want to be. I think it's those examples that are just really enlightening. I know for me, to just walk through like, oh, okay, I could just share, but I still should be attuned if I really wanna be the best person I can be to be helpful. Just like I can share up front, but I gotta be attuned to how helpful is that really? And then based off of that spirit, that way of being the in my spirit really, then we can move forward together as equals while I'm paying attention to your reality uh, from equipoise and writing reflex. That's it. And that's why I think it, it just, this has so many different ways we can look at our different angles because information is information. There's times it needs to be shared 
what's the point of sharing it and what's the net effect we're looking for in sharing the information then is am I the most effective communication method to think about sharing that information if it fits within a behavior change model mm -hmm. um, and if it's not within a behavior change model then you're not necessarily thinking does it have to be am I adherent or not what's interesting when when you learn motivational interviewing at least for me is once I've learned to kind of share information via a more motivational interviewing adherent way I tend to not not share information that way like or um, right. like I, I just always tend to share in an MI adherent way because you you tend to not get that resistance you don't get that uh, I knew you were gonna say that or anything along those lines and so that now tends to be always in my back pocket of okay let me let me actually continue to share this in an MI adherent way and I love the you know statements John that's a, my go-to typically and then my backup is and I you'll probably elaborate on this but the menu of options you know providing options for people and and just tossing a few options out there of you know some people find this option really helpful helpful other people find this option really helpful and other people find this help option really helpful and I find that again that doesn't ever tend to get me any resistance to new information so well, I, you know, Tammy, as you were talking about it, what, what that highlights for me too is the difference between motivational learning and really effective communication. Mm -hmm. Because what you just articulated can be just really effective communication because I don't want to generate resistance, and it could be motivational interviewing. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I like reinforcing this as well because, it, again, like I said earlier, like it's not that everything has to be motivational interviewing. And even the way we always talk about things doesn't always have to be, you know, the MI guys don't, it doesn't even always have to be motivational interviewing. And, and, and we don't have, we haven't cornered the market on effective communication. There's other great effective communication tools out there that we know where does energy flow more effectively in good communication too. So I think it's always helpful I know I want to hold myself accountable to what is MI and what's not MI when we're talking MI. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why even as somebody that might be listening to this, it's the same thing that I think of is not everything is MI. It's not everything's motivational interviewing. There's lots of forms of effective communication. Motivational is a very effective form of communication. Um, but we could, the more we learn about the physics, the way, you know, at IFIOC, we train motivational interviewing is so much from that physics perspective, which then just starts to lead into or bridge into other forms of effective communication as well, too. Um, so that's why this topic du jour about how do we share information in an effective way or helpful information, it's like, yeah, there's, there's definitely more than one right way to do that, including an MI adherent way to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and to this point too, it's like us having a whole podcast on uh, reflective listening or something else like we've done in the past. It's like, that's a component to MI. It's a very foundational component, but Casey, like the wonderful analogy you use of grandma's recipe and us and MI being this recipe, it's a particular recipe with a lot of components that make it this loaf, that make it yes. this pie, that make it. And so I just want to be crystal clear that information can be a part of it, but is that MI? No. Is reflective listening MI? No. And you technically don't even necessarily need to have any information given by you to have a very successful MI um, 
recipe. Exactly. But you probably need some of these other things we talk about even more, like reflective listening, uh, really being in their worldview, strategic reflections, a curiosity, a treatment right. of equality. All that is even that much more core. The giving information can be powerful, but it's not as core maybe as these other things to the recipe from how you're approaching it. I think that's really important to keep, keep in mind too. What are the active ingredients of this recipe of MI? This is one that you can throw in, just be a little careful because it's gonna be like cloves or something. It's gonna add a lot of bang for buck for flavor. So it can ruin it or it can make it a lot better. You just gotta be attuned to it. That's it. The, the other thing too, is I'm kind of taking a, a perspective before we dive into menu of options and some of those things you were talking about, Tammy, is we haven't explicitly stated that this is kind of obvious when you were saying this, Casey, that it's stage matched, but that the information is explicitly, it's going to help them get where they want to be. It is information that is tied to their motivation. That's, that's MI, yes. And, and so when we're thinking MI, that the menu of options includes things, as we'll get into this, that are regardless of your if you're thinking one is better than the other, you're providing them with options that are possibly gonna help them get to where they wanna be or some level of awareness that's gonna be helpful for their awareness. And so that's, that's just a really important thing to be explicit about and that if you bring that out too soon or you ask it like, have you thought about, why don't you just, have you tried? People a lot of the time, sometimes they don't realize they're trying to fix it and they're coming in with a unsolicited advice or solution that's very different than getting their uh motives like you were talking about casey and stage matching them with them being in contemplation and then once they're towards preparation they're clear of who they want to be this is important then bringing in various options that are not these veiled forms of fixing it for them but really are an invitation to consider possibilities if that's even what they want so that's just, I think, a really important kind of spirit part of it before we get into all the different types. But I was wondering if you guys had any other kind of thoughts on just things we haven't said that are just really, really critical before we maybe go through all these specific ways to do it in, in an MI adherent manner. Well, go ahead, Tammy. I was just going to say, just to add to what you just said, John, you talked about an invitation to share. I mean, that is doing it in an empowering way. And so this, this podcast is about how do we share information in an empowering where people feel in control, they feel empowered, and they feel like they can take it to the next step. And so that's, that's the whole premise of what we're trying to do is how do we empower and engage people to where they feel that excitement and desire to take it to the next step. You know, Tammy, you and I are on the same page because what my parallel thought was with that as John was talking, is almost the definition of partnering in the MICA, is how do we do this in an empowering way? And so it's that bridge between, I mean, if I look exclusively through the MICA lens, then I'm looking through supporting autonomy and activation and partnering. And, you know, we've talked about in partnering before, and this is where the information, I mean, it's literally the one where we're looking at information sharing, usually is in the partnering dimension. And what it is, is how do I take information or experience that I have and be able to offer that up in a way, like we've talked about, that lights up the cobblestone in front of that individual in front of me. And that can be through sharing information uh, in an empowering way. And the whole empowerment side of it 
is that they get to take the step onto that cobblestone if it's the cobblestone that lights up in front of them that leads them towards the path that they want to go down. So, so and, and there's times that if we don't show or don't share information, that there's less cobblestones to light up if we have access to that information. So you can see why information to empower people is such an incredibly important part of motivational interviewing, but it is how we're doing it. And so when I think of information sharing, like John was talking about as well too, my vision of it is when I'm in somebody else's worldview, and one of the analogies I use, like even closing my eyes and going to that worldview, is I just thinking about going into a Costco that where all, most of the lights are off and nobody else is in there. And I can, I can selectively flip on lights on certain aisles. And if I flip on a certain light in a certain aisle that we're walking by, their, their brain is gonna light up. They're gonna look down that aisle where I flip on the light. That is strategic in how I reflect. It can be strategic in how I, I uh, ask a question. And then once we walk down that aisle, there may be information that I give as they have some curiosity about how this affects their life. So that's an am I adherent way because A, the, the aisle wouldn't have had a light flipped on if I didn't flip the light on. And they wouldn't have had curiosity surface in their brain if we weren't looking on certain shelves in that aisle and curiosity pops up. And then there's information I can give. I think this is the line that people need to be very cautious of or aware of is this is where people start to think it's manipulative. Um, and what it is, is I'm manipulating the light to flip on, but it's still the person's choice if they want to go down that, that, um, that aisle or not. And whatever catches their attention on the shelves is theirs or whatever I reflect there, they're either gonna have curiosity or not. And does this relate to why they're talking to me in the first place? So if it's about addiction issues or mental health issues or health issues or whatever it is, that's the reason we got into the, into the warehouse in the first place. So, and this all fits so well with trying to empower an individual when we offer that information at the right moment in time, they could walk out of there going, oh my gosh, this was transformative for me. Like I found things in storage that I didn't even know existed. And now that I know this, I can move even further and faster in my life. And to me, that's sharing it in a very empowering way. And again, those are all great points, but to add to that too, as you're flipping on lights, are you flipping on lights of things that you have an agenda for them to see? Or are you flipping on lights that they have maybe not thought about, but are within their realm or scope of what they're looking for? And I think that's also a good, good point to be made too, because again, one, if it's just all your agenda, then that could be seen a little bit more on the manipulative side. To your point though, they have every right, whether they decide to walk down it or not. But on the other hand, are we being neutral and just trying to help them find their own solutions? Right. And this is a, this is a, a debate I had years and years ago about then is, does it equipoise exist at that moment in time? Uh, if it's my agenda, or I'm trying to, is that equipoise or not equipoise? And I think if I stick with the analogy, then it's like, well, who's the one who brought us to Costco in the first place? Yeah. If it's because I drove them there and there's things I want them to see and there's aisles I want to, you know, I want to take them by the shoulder or by the arm and pull them down certain aisles and point out certain things. And they really didn't want to even go to the store in the first place. Then already it's not an M, it's not going to taste like MI. It's just not an MI based conversation. If yeah. they're the ones who said, I'm struggling with my mental health, or I just got these results back about my diabetes or you know, if these are the different things that, we, that are brought to us because there's a reason 
the vast majority, almost every conversation that's MI-based is because the person talking to us is struggling with some level of ambivalence or is in pre-contemplation because they've been given information um, and they're starting to move into contemplation or we're providing information. So again, this when you're thinking from a service provision perspective and motivational interviewing, it's not by happen chance we're at Costco. There's a reason that we're there. Yes. And, and to this point, for example, like just the specificity of this is uh, I'm a dietitian, my, you know, subspecialty dealing with adult weight management, I'm talking with someone about their weight or their health, and they are now engaged with me, they're really motivated, they're in deep contemplation preparation, and they have some ideas of what they want to do. And I know the research that, you know, there's a high likelihood that if they take those ideas they're thinking of doing right now, that they're not going to be that successful just by drinking an extra cup of water a day because they're 100% confident that they can do that. And so it sets them up, I know, for them to not have the success they want. So how can I augment or bring in, and this is what I want to kind of gear us towards as ways in which to do this in MI, possibilities about how to start approaching this in other ways that would bring in success for them. And there's a variety of ways to do it where we wouldn't necessarily need to, to um, share information, you know, such as just asking, well, what are other things or other ways, or, you know, we could get into it 